Saturday. Our story is going to come from the CBS Radio Mystery Theater this week. A series that debuted in 1974, aired until 1982, seven days a week for its first six years, five days a week after that. Lots of episodes, almost 3,000 broadcasts. The one we're going to hear today is from April 4th, 1977. It's titled So Shall Ye Reap. Marshall. To watch a great and noble person fall from heights because of some very human flaw in his character can relieve us of pent-up emotions, soften sometimes our own disturbing problems. The ancient Greeks had a word for it, as they did for so many other things. They called it catharsis, a relief, a purging of emotions. Perhaps the story you're about to hear may have that effect on you. Our mystery drama, So Shall Ye Reap, was adapted from one of the greatest tragedies of all time, Oedipus the King, by the ancient Greek playwright Sophocles. It was especially written for the Mystery Theater by Arnold Moss. It stars Russell Horton and John Beale. It is sponsored in part by Ex-Lax and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly. With Act One. Once upon a time, there was a couple who needed a car. Honey, we need a car. My shoes have had it. They wanted a sensible car because they were sensible people. We're sensible people. We save strings. We buy bonds. We brush regularly. We hang up our clothes. But they also wanted a car that was fun because they liked a good time. Anybody for a quick game of fish? Oh, cold glass of milk and you're on. Well, knowing how hard it is to find a car that is both sensible and fun, they went straight to their Buick dealer, whom they knew to be a most reliable source for such cars. Say, you wouldn't have... Of course he would. At which point, the dealer introduced them to the Buick Skylark. When the V6 engine, the compact size, and the ample room were pointed out, they were amazed at how much sense the Skylark made. Isn't that amazing? I am bowled over. And when the famous Buick ride, comfort, and road manners came to their attention, they were quick to see how much fun a Skylark could be. Gee, that looks like fun. Oh, you're not just whistling. They were so overjoyed with their Skylark, they stopped the car, ran up to the first person they saw, hugged him, and kissed him. I'm gonna hug him. I'm gonna kiss him. Which might not make much sense, but it certainly was fun. The year was 1851. 
the rugged mountain country and wide plains of New Mexico had just become a territory of the United States. For more than 300 years, it had been the storehouse of Pueblo, Navajo, Zuni, and other old Indian cultures. Then the earliest gold-seeking Spaniards came and added their rich legacy to the land. In the grasslands where huge buffalo herds still thunder, Don Edipo Baca, a member of one of New Mexico's first families, is the alcalde, the mayor of the town of Thebes. Don Edipo has summoned his deputy, Don Cristiano, to question him about a matter of the greatest concern to the city. What new developments, if any, are there, Cristiano? We know nothing more today than we knew yesterday. The doctors from the capital, they came? They came. They looked. They helped us not at all, Don Edipo. They had no explanation for what's happening? None. Some things, they said, go far beyond the knowledge of their training, of their medicine. And this is one of them, they told me. And in the town? Enough to break one's heart. Within the marketplace, the people sit, the old ones and the children, with garlands of flowers around their necks and heads. They sit facing the cathedral, praying that this terror will depart. Their prayers, they go unanswered. A blight has fallen on all fruitful plants. A blight is on the cattle of the fields. A blight is on our women, so that they bear no children. And every day, black death grows richer, despite the lamentations and the prayers. You must do something, Edipal. The people look to you. The city must be saved from this dread pestilence. You are their strength. If only I could find the means to save it. How many more were there that died today, Don Cristiano? Five. Four children. One old woman. I've sent for doctors. They're useless. I've prayed and lighted candles for some guidance for a wise word from God, but I hear nothing. I'm helpless. The strange thing is that outside the limits of the town, everything is flourishing. Mm. This plague stops at the borders of our city. Goes no further. How do we explain that? And most important, what do we do next? We've tried all else. If you'll permit me to suggest... Yes? Would you... allow me to bring you a person who might come up with a solution? What person, Christiana? Who might that be? You've heard me speak of the old Zuni Indian, Teresio. Teresio? That blind old charlatan? He's a fool. The old man may be blind, but he's no fool. The Zunis are among the oldest tribes in all New Mexico. They know the land better than most. Teresio is the oldest living one among them. More than a hundred years, they say. Though blind, he has a reputation for seeing things no other man can see. He may know the cause of this dread pestilence and how to end it. I see it as a waste of time. But call him Cristiano if you must. Yes, let him come. Sit, old man, here. Uh, let me help you. I uh, prefer to stand, my lord, and lean upon my stick. Just as you please. This sickness, this pollution that's descended on our town, it must be driven out. It must be cured. Or our great city will be no more than a dead memory in no time at all. True. The city and its people all will perish. Yes, yes, it can be done. 
A purifying ritual will do it. What sort of ritual? How shall it be done? Where do we start? At the beginning, my lord Edipo. How? You start by banishing a man from this, our city. By seeing that a murderer is brought to justice. Perhaps by even shedding blood for blood. Who is this man you would banish? My lord, before you were the mayor of this city, long before... There was another man who was its leader, a great man all the people loved. His name was Don Luis. Don Luis Chaco? The very same. Luis, who was the husband of my present wife, Yocasta. He. But he was killed 20 years ago, on a dark night, somewhere in the desert. A place called Tres Caminos, a place where three roads met some 20 years ago. Hmm. I've heard the story many times. That night, as he rode home from an unspoken mission, he was pounced upon by an unknown assailant, probably drunk, on his way back from the Fandango or some other kind of party. The struggle must have followed. Don Luis was killed. The murderer escaped. Come, come, old man. What has this to do with what we called you for? Since that black night, this murder of Luis, your wife's first husband... Remains a mystery, unsolved. And you suggest search for Luis's murderer, make him admit his crime, bring him to justice. And when you do, this plague, this dreaded epidemic will be ended. That's your solution? Yes, good Lord Edipo. Edipo, no! What is that? Payment for your advice. Now, go. You toss your silver coins at me. I would not deign to stoop and pick them up even if I had eyes to see them. Then let them lie just where they are, you dreaming windbag. You and your weird riddles, you're an old fool. You know nothing. Edipo, don't speak to him that way. So you may think, Don Edipo. The people of Thebes think otherwise. Just one last word. My eyes can't see, but yours, Don Edipo, are blinder still. Before too many days go by, you will learn secrets that will shatter you, destroy your soul completely. With your permission, lords, I take my leave. Donna Yocasta, you must hold still. Forgive me, Cora. For me to take these long, sharp, golden pins out of your hair and brush and comb that hair before you go to bed, you must sit still. Of course. I've combed your hair since you were in your teens. You fidgeted then, you fidget now. Forgive me. Oh, how gloriously the silver in your hair blends with the black. I wish there were less silver and more black. It tells the world that I am no longer young. Don Edipo says you are young and beautiful. I've heard him say so. He just says that to make me think his being years younger than his wife makes little difference to him. It makes no difference. Else why would he have married you? Perhaps, Cora. Perhaps. There, now your hair is done. Look into the glass. You look like an angel. An angel? In her fifties? Oh, Cora, I'm so worried for the city and for Edipo. I know. The worst is this old Indian, this Teresio. 
Teresio? The blind old Zuni. These evil rumors that he's spreading, that Don Edipo's refused to put a stop to the mysterious plague, that it could be ended if he wanted it to end. But that's not true. We know it's not. But the people of the city are not convinced. And old Teresio's respected by the people. Forgive me, ladies. I heard what you were saying. It's true. The old man stirring trouble. Why do you let him? With your permission, I will leave you both. Why? Because I have no means to stop him, that's why. But let him talk. And yield to all his threats, his so-called warnings? I know about them. Edipo, we're not back in the Dark Ages. This is 1851. Don't listen to this nonsense. I know. The murder of Luis so many years ago is a case long closed. The police have given up. The murderer just disappeared into thin air. That is that. And yet... Your Custer, there may be something Shut your ears to these absurdities. Edipo, there's something you should know. When I was married to Luis, an old fool like this one came one day, performed some silly ritual and predicted that the time would come. It was Luis's fate, he said, when he would die a victim at the hands of his own son, a son yet to be born to Luis and me. Well, why do you speak of this now? Because Luis heeded all this rubbish, just as you do with this Teresio. And when our son was born, Luis surrendered to his fears and superstitions, insisted that our newborn son be put to death. I pleaded with him not to do so. In vain. The child was taken from me and was never seen again. Nor heard of. But what has this to do with us, Yocasta? Because of Don Luis's faith in witchcraft, I lost my son. And as it turned out, all was wasted. All unnecessary. Luis did not come to death at his son's hand. That's just the point. He was slain by a drunken bandit all those years ago at Tres Caminos. The place where three roads meet. And that is why I tell you not to listen to this ancient quack, Teresio. It cannot lead to good. We'll find some other way to... to end this plague. I think I begin to see what this may be about. What do you see? Cristiano brought this old mumbler to me, this hundred-year-old idiot with his prophecies, in order Cristiano? To... It might well be a plot of Cristiano's. He's always envied me. I've never trusted Edipo, him. Edipo, how could you think... Tomorrow morning... I'll announce that at midday, the entire population of the city, those that have thus far survived, will gather in the marketplace. With what in mind? To listen to a proclamation I will make. What will you say? You will be there beside me, dear Yocasta, at the stroke of noon. And so will Cristiano. People of Thebes... People of Thebes, if you will hear my words, I beg you listen. Here, with my wife beside me, and my deputy, Cristiano, I tell you, Tiresio is right. A good man died, a man you chose to lead you. I felt for him as I feel now, as if he were my own father. Nothing will be left undone to find his murderer. Though many years have passed, I promise you, and when he's found, he will be brought to justice. People of Thebes, God will decide if we're to prosper or remain in sorrow. 
Edipo, you've done a very foolish thing. Why? No harm can come from what I've said, and who can tell? It might even bring us untold good. Am I right, Cristiano? Let us hope so, Edipo. Let us hope you will have nothing to regret. I've heard it said that a curse can be like a stone flung up into the heavens. It doesn't stay there, as we all know. And when it returns, there is the possibility that it can fall back on the head of the one who threw it. Eucosta seems to have reservations about Edipo's good judgment in the choice of words he's spoken in the city square and trusts no harm will come of them. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Would you like an all-expense-paid vacation to Disneyland in California? I'm Hyman Brown, producer-director of the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater with news of a wonderful contest. If you are one of our winners, you and three family members or friends will fly first class, stay at the Anaheim Hyatt House just across from Disneyland, get all meals free, plus passes to all attractions, including a rocket sled journey on Space Mountain opening soon. It's adventure and excitement that can only happen at Disneyland. We'll select another winner this week in the second of our four weekly random drawings. We also have 400 Mickey Mouse watches for runners-up. No purchase necessary, but contest void where prohibited by law. Get details on how to enter on General Mills Radio Adventure Theater this Saturday and Sunday right here on WOR Radio. Seville by Cadillac is the first American production car to offer a 5.7-liter engine with electronic fuel injection as standard equipment. It adjusts the use of fuel to different driving conditions. It requires few maintenance operations. It provides fast starting, smooth idle, quick response. As you drive, Seville's onboard electronic analog computer is constantly fed data on various engine factors. It calculates fuel requirements, then instantly signals the injectors to meter the fuel charge to the cylinders. Seville's electronic fuel injection system. One of the reasons this unique American luxury car is successfully meeting the needs of many very particular people. You'll want to get the full Seville story from your Cadillac dealer when he arranges for you to drive Seville by yourself, for yourself. The People Bank, for people like you. Ridgewood Savings Bank believes in you. People like you, like us, it's true. The Ridgewood Savings Bank, for people like you. Good news from Ridgewood Savings Bank for everybody who receives Social Security checks. Each month, your check can be deposited directly into your high-interest savings account or your Ridgewood Really Free checking account. Think of the advantages. No more worry about lost, stolen, or forged checks. Your check will be deposited for you each month, even if you're on vacation. Sign up for direct deposit at any Queens or Nassau office of Ridgewood Savings Bank. Do it today. People like you, like us, it's true. The Ridgewood Savings Bank. For people like you. Member FDIC.
A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. So the scriptures tell us. The blind centenarian Tiresio has foretold the end of the pestilence that plagues the town of Thebes in the New Mexico of 1851. That will happen, he says, when the name of a man guilty of a 20-year-old murder is revealed. How much weight Don Edipo Baca, mayor of Thebes, gives to this strange prophecy still remains to be seen. Augusta, we've been riding for an hour or more. Aren't you a little tired? Why? Because I'm 20 years older than you? Oh, you silly, beautiful wife. Stop talking nonsense. I thought it might be good to get away from town for just a bit. Of course. I'll tie the horses. Edipo? Hmm? May we talk about what happened in the plaza? At noon today? Why not? Why did you tell the people what you did? That old Zuni warrior, Teresio, is leading all the people to believe that I, in some odd way, was implicated in the murder of Luis. Why should the old man be so anxious to connect you with the murder, if that, in fact, is what he's doing? I could be wrong, Yocasta. I think this is a plot of Cristiano's to pin his crime on me. Cristiano? My worthy deputy himself. He's always envied everything I've done. You think that Cristiano could be Who so... Who brought old Tiresio in to see me? Threaten me? Cristiano? Who brought the doctors from the capital, the eminent doctors, incapable of finding any cause or any cure to all our troubles? Cristiano? No, my dear Yocasta, I don't trust him. What's more, tonight, when we return, it's my intention to have a little talk with good Don Cristiano. Just the two of us. Cristiano, I say that you know more about the murder of Luis than you are speaking. I also say that you will stop at nothing to get possession of my high office. You have wronged me, Cristiano. Now, is my meaning clear to you? You're calling me a traitor. To me and to our city. I can't believe this. Can you be in your right mind to accuse me in this fashion? Cristiano, I'm happy serving you. Serving the city the best that I know how. And so it is with everyone who's learned some wisdom and some self-control. What is the point? That I am no traitor. If you discover that I have laid a plot of any kind against you, not only will I then resign my present office, I will leave my native thieves forever under my own power to throw away an old and honest friend as you are doing is to throw your life away. Cristiano, I have listened to you, and yet you convince me not one single bit. So what would you like to do? Banish me from Thebes? Proclaim to everyone that I've betrayed you? Or end this double game you play forever? Put down that pistol, Edipo. You've lost your mind. Put it down. I, I beg you. It's I who rule in Thebes. You? You never will. Please put away that... Ah, oh, here you two are... And quarreling? Are you not shamed to take the time to speak whatever private griefs you have when our poor city's dying bit by bit? The contagion of death spreads by the hour and you two argue? Please, leave Cristiano. It's late. Go to your bed. And you too, Edipo. I'll go. But with one last word. Edipo, 
If I've been guilty of one iota of the charges you've made, I call upon the heavens to curse me and to take away my life this very moment. I bid you both good night. I think you are wrong. Cristiano is an honest man, I'm sure. We'll see. If he'd had anything to do with what happened on that ghastly night at Tres Caminos, he'd have given himself away long ago. Why do you keep calling it the, uh, the thing at Tres Caminos, the ghastly night at Tres Caminos? What should I call it? That's where it happened, where Don Luis, my husband, was savagely attacked and slaughtered. Though 20 years have passed, and you, my dear one, have helped me to a beautiful new life, you can't expect me to forget completely, can you? Then I must tell you something. Something I could tell to no one but you, you, my, my wife. Something I have never spoken of before to anyone. What is it that disturbs you so? Yocasta... I've killed a man. For 18, 19 years since that day, since I was born, I was a happy child sharing my parents' home, my parents' love. There never was a kinder father than Pablo Barker. May his days be long. No gentler, sweeter mother than Dona Marta. So I have heard. One night at dinner... It was the night of Christmas. Some guest who drunk more wine than he could handle cast doubts upon the legitimacy of my birth, called me an unspeakable name, all as he supposed in jest. Though furious, I, I held my temper and let, let it pass. But that night, I had a dream. An ugly, torturing dream. That I was doomed to be the murderer of my own father. That and something else. And what was that? Oh, it was so terrible. I, I still can't find the tongue to speak it. Especially to you, my wife. Oh, my poor, poor Edipo. I waked up from my dream that night, screaming, drenched in my own sweat. I, I dressed mounted my pony and fled, not knowing to what place I was headed. I rode for hours, so I think anywhere to get away from my dream. From what I thought I might be fated for. Then, suddenly, on this darkest night, I, I came upon a man who challenged me the right of way. Drunk with my fear, emboldened by my youth, I struck this man who pushed me, drew my pistol... And you shot him? Killed him on the spot. And as I rode away, I saw the signpost that identified the place. And what it read was, Tres Caminos. The place where three roads meet. Oh, my dearest Edipo. Oh, my darling. For the first time, I understand why you're always so upset at mention of that place. What you did there was an enormous sin, taking a man's life. May God forgive you. But the fact that you have killed a man and that my first husband lost his life at the same place is no more than a most unhappy fate. What do you call it? A, a coincidence. One thing has no connection with the other. That's what I've always told myself. Besides, your dream was meaningless. Your father, Pablo, is alive and well. 
as for the other thing, whatever it may be, the thing you dreamed of, you must forget. To wound yourself with shapeless images that have no basis in reality, that makes no sense. You're right, of course. Now, get some rest. And in the morning, we'll find some way to end this pestilence that's poisoning our city. Another cup of chocolate, Senor Alcalde? Uh, no, thank you, Cora. I've had enough. You've finished with your breakfast then, Senor? Almost. Then I must tell you, that blind old man's outside again. Requests, uh, D demands to see you. Hmm. Tiresio. Since break of dawn, he's been waiting at our gates. Ah, uh, please show him in. I can think of better ways to start a morning. My lord, I had to see you. Come in, old man. With what new anger have you come to punish me? My great-grandson, Jose, a little boy of five. He died this morning in my arms, choking for more breath. Oh, my heart is heavy for your sorrow. This plague that curses our good city must be ended once and for all. Just tell me how. With sorcery like yours, with incantations... I've planted prayer sticks up on top of Thunder Mountain, where Zunis go in times of trouble. I have pleaded with the spirits, but they close their ears to me. Now it is up to you, Don Edipo. Jose's death is on your head. You listen to me, my ancient one. Even if I believe that naming the assassin of Luis could dissipate this death that settled on our city, I have not the slightest clue to his identity. Where, after 20 years, does one begin? He may be dead by now. I know that he is alive, this murderer. He is here among us. Here in Thebes? In Thebes. Where is he, then? Give me his name, Teresio. It were better if the man came forth of his own free will, confessed his crime from his own heart. If you know this wretch's name and you refuse to speak it, you're as guilty of prolonging this curse upon our city as you say I am. Not quite. Here. I turn you round. Here is the door you entered by. Here is the door from which you will depart. Leave. Out of my house at once. Before I go, I put this in your hand. What is it? A small memento of a time long past, a little amulet of turquoise. I found it once upon a mountaintop. I have still one more gift for you. I go to get it. I return till soon. I wish you a good morning, Lord. I'm sorry. I had no way of knowing you at the door. Good morning to you, old woman. I came to get your breakfast dishes. Uh, Oh, yes, yes, take them. Old woman, indeed. Is he still threatening you, Don Edipo? I don't pay him all that much attention. Don Edipo? Hmm? If I may ask, what is that you're holding in your hand? Oh, he he gave it to me. May I see it? It's a protective charm of some sort. 
The Zunis use it as a means to ward off evil. You've seen this sort of thing before, I'm sure. Uh, here, take it. Oh, no. Oh, no, this cannot be. Oh, Edipo, unhappy Edipo. What is it? Cora, tell me what's wrong. It looks identical to one I held here in my hand some 40 years ago. This string of beads. There just could not be two of them. Did he say where he got it? He didn't, but uh, when he returns, I'll ask him. I'm not really sure. I want to know. Why not? There are some questions that should never have an answer. This Donedipo may be one of them. What questions are there that can or should not have an answer? Oftentimes, in the words of William Shakespeare, the instruments of darkness tell us truths to betray us in deepest consequence. Some dark and secret truth seems to be hidden in a little string of beads. What fears are there that those beads generate? And why does Cora hesitate to speak? I'll be back shortly with Act Three. Some people are never satisfied. They're always trying to do things a little bit better, trying a little bit harder to give people a little bit more. When people like that get together to make shirts, they call them the Arrow Shirt Company. And what they've done this time is come up with a brand new collar that feels, fits, and looks amazingly good. A collar so new, it's patented. They call it the Arrow Patented Custom Collar. This collar feels good because it's a whole inch wider at the bottom, just like your neck is. It fits good because it's adjustable by a full half inch, because your neck isn't always the same size. And it looks good because it's got a V opening, so the neckband doesn't show over your tie. The Arrow Patented Custom Collar. Another good reason it's hard to miss with Arrow. It's hard to miss with Arrow. America's shirt maker. Are you weary of the dreary routine? Are you ready to escape on a dream boat? A Holland America dream boat. Seven days to Nassau and Bermuda. And this spring, we have some very special escape weeks planned for you. April 23rd, Peter Nero and his trio, Anna Maria Albergetti, Henny Youngman and more. April 30th, the world's most amazing mentalist, Kreskin, and more. May 7th, Peter Dushin and his orchestra, Cab Calloway, and more. May 14th, the Ray Block Orchestra, Edie Adams, Enzo Stuarte, and more. June 4th, the Duke Ellington Orchestra, Earl Father Hines, and more. Every cruise on your Holland America dreamboat is a magical musical week of song and entertainment. The special weeks are just a little special at no extra cost. Ask your travel agent to plan your escape on a Holland America dreamboat. SS Rotterdam, registered in the Netherlands Antilles. Hello, everyone. This is Arlene Francis inviting you to listen to Martin Gable, who is filling in for me while I attend to some matters of state out in California. The time is the same, 10 minutes past 10 a.m., and the program's the same, 50 minutes of conversation, and the place, as always, WOR New York.
Destiny has two ways of crushing us. Sometimes by refusing us the things we dream, and sometimes by fulfilling them. Eddie Pobaka has been pursued all his adult life by a terrifying dream he wants desperately not to come true. As he handles a string of curious Indian beads, he fights against believing that a man's destiny is never in the hands of the man himself. It's no more than a string of sky-blue-colored beads. Why should it upset you so, Yocasta? Because I had one like it once. But there must be dozens like this one. No, Edipo. I'd not forget it. Please believe me. And if it were the one that you had 40 years ago, you should be overjoyed to find it once again? Maybe. And maybe not. Enter. Senor Alcalde. Senor, with your permission. What is it, Cora? Why are you in tears? I bring heartbreaking news for you, my lord. What news? A messenger arrived from what was once home for you. The news is up. Speak, Cora, what is it? Your father, my dear lord, is in his grave. What's this you say? Don Pablo Parker, your dear father, he is dead. By treachery or by sickness? How? The messenger, he said small things will send old bodies to their sleep. He died of sickness then? And of old age. The long years he had measured. Sickness. Sickness. Oh. Edipo, why do you laugh? I can't believe it. The prophecy, the, the evil dream that I once had. The dream that has been filling me with fear all my grown life was meaningless. What dream? That I would kill my father. That murder of my own father was my fate, Cora. Senor. Oh, you bring welcome news, oh comfortable Cora. My father is dead, hidden deep in the earth of natural causes. And that other portion of the dream? The part you would not speak of? Oh, it will prove as worthless. Oh, I rejoice to hear your news, dear Cora. Don Edipo. Yes. On top of everything. Today she goes back again. Oh, let the old goat come in. I have no fear of him or any man. This way, old man. Here, let me lead you. My good lord, I've brought you this. Just as I promised. What is it? A little gift. It goes with the blue amulet I gave your husband. An old Navajo blanket, uh, torn and faded by the sun and rain. It's yours, Don Edipo. Why his? What would I want with it? Why do you give me this? And, and, and for that matter, why that amulet? They both may help you find that truth which we were speaking of. Truth? In a rag of a blanket and a string of beads? I have no time to listen to such nonsense. Why have you brought these things, old man? Where do they come from? Some 40 years ago, walking atop Mount Lagrimas, I came upon a newborn infant, three or four days old, abandoned by its parents, wrapped in a Navajo blanket, this, this blanket. The child was close to death, too weak even to cry. This blanket... I picked up the child, carried it in my arms to the hacienda of Don Pablo and of Dona Marta. They were childless. They'd befriended me. 
They kept the baby, raised it as if it were their very own. Oh, no. Don Pablo. Dona Marta. My parents did this? They did. A fascinating tale. And, and this is your truth. It is. What has this story got to do with me? Or, if you please, with the murder of Luis at Tres Caminos. Don Edipo. You were that infant wrapped in this very blanket. The turquoise amulet was around your neck. No, that cannot be. Pablo and Marta were never your true parents. You horrible old man. Who then were my parents? Tell me that. No! Cora! Be still. Say nothing. What is it? Cora! Cora! Help me to my room. Yes, senor. Oh, Edipo. God give you help. God keep you from the knowledge that will bring unending grief and tear your soul into a thousand pieces. <laughs> hope you will consider this most serious. What is it? Please read it. And, uh, very distinguished and most honorable Sir Don Edibobaca, mayor of... Cristiano! This is your resignation as my deputy. It's what you wanted. I beg you to accept it. No, Cristiano. I cannot. Listen to me. I'm... I'm almost at the end of a long tether... I'm reaching now for straws. First, this cruel pestilence that's turning Thebes into a city of the dead. Then, the old fool, Tiresio, who, heaven help me, may be something less than a fool. And finally, something's arisen out of a hideous past which may well turn the future into a sharp dagger that will rip my life to shreds. I need you, Cristiano. I... I apologize. I think I understand. How may I be of service to you, Edipo, my friend? What's that? Who, who's sobbing? Uh, excuse me, Cristiano. Cora! What are you doing here, hunched up on the cold tiles outside my door? Why do you weep? I never thought the words would pass my lips. But you must learn the truth, don't Edipo? With your permission, Edipo, I'll leave... What is this truth you speak of? <laughs> Will you stop blubbering, old woman? Speak. You know, I s served your Costa all these years from the time she was still a little girl. Yes, yes, I know. I'd put my life down if she asked me to. I know that, too. You, you knew she'd had a child by her first husband. That Don Luis, fearing the prediction some soothsayer had made... Yes, the child was placed atop a mountain there to die. These, my hands, cradling the infant boy were the same hands that placed him on Mount Lagrimas, wrapped in that same blanket over there, that same turquoise amulet around its little neck. And what Teresio told me... True. All true. He found the child, gave it to Don Pablo for adoption. And that child, my lord, was you. Then, if that is so... Don Iocasta asked me to give you this. Oh, 
What is it? The official report, she said, of Don Luis's murder, signed by the police. She bids you read it. As Don Luis Chaco, mayor of Thebes, approached the place that's known as Tres Caminos on Christmas night, in the year of our Lord, 18... Christmas night? The same night that I left my home. The night I dreamed that I would kill my father. The night I killed a man at Tres Caminos, then... Man was my father. <gasps> oh, light of the sun, let me look no more upon you after today. Oh, you poor, you poor, poor man. Lucasta. My dear lady. Oh, unhappy woman that I am. From my marriage bed I come. That bed of sorrow where unknowing... I have brought misery and pain upon this house. Go back into your room, Yocasta. Rest. There is no rest for me. Never again will I know peace. Never again the luxury of happiness. Allow me, my lady. Let me take you to your room. No. Stay here, Cora. I only came to look once more on his face. I know the way. I need no help. And the rest of my dream. It too, heaven pity me, has proved to be the truth. My own mother has been my mother. And my bride. That sounded like a shot. Teresa was right. The murderer of Luis was always here in Thebes. Unknowing and unknown. But now... now ah, ah, Cristiano! Why do you carry Yocasta in your arms? Yocasta's dead. She shot herself. Oh! Edipo, most wretched man in all the world. What are you doing? Let me take those long, sharp pins with which, your Custer, you would bind your hair in place. No, Edipo! No, 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 The face of God is on you, Edipo! No! No! Now what can I see to love? Now what good can I look forward to? Stop, Edipo, stop! Your eyes are smeared with blood. Darkness, darkness, horror of darkness... I was blind when I could see madness and stabbing pain and memory of evil deeds I've done. He's put out his eyes. Go, Cora, quickly, bring some help. Stay here, both of you. I am beyond all help. Let me go away. I, whom God despises above all men on earth... No word of Edipo? He disappeared in the middle of the night, tapping his way to only the good Lord knows where. No man in this whole city did not envy Edipo. And now he's swallowed in the deepest sea of black misfortune. 
counts no mortal happy, Cora, till he's past the final limit of his life, secure from pain. Teresio, old man, what is it? Who is it that is speaking? Cristiano. The best of news, Don Cristiano. On this black day, what news is there that can be good? The children of the town are singing. The cattle romp in play across the fields. The people of Thebes have left their beds of misery and pain. The pestilence has ended, Cristiano. The plague is over. There are those who believe that the strings of the puppets that all men and women are are manipulated by unseen hands above us. Do what we will, we are no more than wooden instruments that dangle from our cords, held by the master puppeteer called fate. I'll return shortly. Break one, Nana. This is a chef. Any 18-wheelers read me? Dag nabbit, where is everybody when you need them? This is the KC Kid, Sheriff. You're throwing out a nice, crisp, clean signal. KC, I ain't asking for a radio check. This is serious business. You running one of them new 40 Channel Johnson CB, Sheriff? I understand they got a sensational new tapered automatic noise limiter. Electronic speech compression. Now listen here, boy. I need action out of you. Not a lot of gab. Yes, sir. Uh, the boys at the truck stop say this new Johnson CB is the quietest Johnson ever. KC, you all better quiet down. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt, Sheriff. But KC and his good buddies really know what they're talking about. A recent survey showed that 66 more independent truckers own American-made Johnson CBs than the next leading brand. You better believe it, boy. Now get over here with a can of gasoline. I'm hiding behind that billboard on County 8. Hey, well, what'd you say, Sheriff? I seem to be losing your signal. Casey? Casey? You gonna be in a heap of trouble, boy? FCC license required. It's free. I guess I'm lucky. My family's always been healthy. Oh, a touch of constipation now and then. But we've got X-Lax for that. When you need a laxative, shouldn't your first choice be the one more families buy than any other? That's today's X-Lax. Families like the chocolatey taste. You like the way X-Lax works gently overnight for relief in the morning. Next time, make gentle chocolatey X-Lax your first choice for occasional use only as directed. We've always been healthy, and X-Lax is part of that. Right now, Goodyear is cutting the deck and dealing. It's your chance to get really good low prices on Goodyear custom power cushion polyglass tires. Here's the deal. Get two custom power cushion polyglass tires for $59 size A7813 and a $1.73 federal excise tax per tire and old tires. Goodyear low prices on larger sizes too at Goodyear stores and participating dealers. Come on in. Goodyear, it's the only game in town. I want that sinus medicine. Headache tablet? No, it relieves headache and congestion, internal sinus pressure, and post-nasal drip. And it has added strength. You mean added strength sign-off. Exactly. Added strength sign-off tablets give you pure pain reliever plus 50% more sinus drainer. For sinus pressure. Uh-huh. And twice as much sinus dryer. Ah, for post-nasal drip. Right. Plus that full dose of pure aspirin for sinus headache pain. Added strength sign-off helps sinus pain while you drain. I like that. You'll like this, too. New sign-off once-a-day sinus spray. The fastest-known form of sinus congestion relief works in seconds, yet lasts hours longer than the leading mist. Once a day, 
once a night, does it? S-I-N-D-O-F-F. Sign off. Added strength tablets and new once-a-day sinus spray. The sinus medicine's in the bright red box. Take when needed, only as directed. Look for that bright red box. Bernard Meltzer's program, What's Your Problem, has been expanded. If you have a problem with real estate, finance, or whatever, give him a call any weeknight, Monday through Friday, following the news at 9. Call him at area code 212-391-2800. years ago, when the plays of Aeschylus, Sophocles, and Euripides were first presented on the stages of Athens in ancient Greece, the playwrights would receive, so tradition tells us, a live goat as payment for the dramatic efforts. The word in ancient Greek for goat was tragos. This, followed by the word for song, gave us tragodia, goat song, or tragedy. Our cast included Russell Horton, John Beale, Terry Keane, Anne Petoniak, and Arnold Moss. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Exlax. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. That's the horror for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. You can find a lot more from the CBS Radio Mystery Theater at relicradio.com, where you'll also find past episodes of the horror, all the other podcasts, and thousands of other old-time radio episodes, all available for free thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or give a click on one of the links on the website. Your support makes it all happen and has for 15 years. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Saturday with another episode of The Horror.